Welcome to Planning Phase Syndicate, episode 94. It's every citizen's duty to challenge their leaders. Tonight, we decided we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about some off-metal lists that we are doing for everybody um, that we thought would be fun. Now that Worlds isn't in play, we have a couple of months till Store Champs start, and we could just kind of mess around and have some fun with, with pilots that maybe we wouldn't get to play. We are also going to finish off our list archetype rankings that we put on hold before worlds for our roll call academy 101 series we decided that we will finish those off tonight even if it means we're going to cut some of jj's uh, uh lists out here and then we also are going to have a conversation about uh some of the fixes that amg put in play we've been about what a year a little over a year into the new meta um or the 2.5 meta and AMG specifically put changes in to make the game more playable. What we want to do is kind of look at if high initiatives are too prominent and if they have not really fixed that portion of the game. With that being said, let's bring in my two co-hosts for tonight. Alex Benchwarmer, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing quite well. How are you? Good. And JJ, the Jets and... The Lions will both do better than the Giants this year. So you should probably I... switch teams. Damn, that, that hurts because it actually <laughs> might be true. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you need to get a new team there, buddy. Yes, no. Uh, the only team that I'm... Well, I'm sorry. The only two teams I'm very proud of right now is the New York Giants and Team Endgame winning their week this week against uh against team njo in the nickel city league here we are currently three and one here uh right behind team punishers for control of the uh of the division and i am excited next week uh we're gonna face off against team havoc which is uh only one in three so far um we i actually just did matchups earlier today um with crispy who's the team captain for team havoc and uh it's gonna be a really interesting week next week and uh man i gotta say this the man right here uh he is the one who's been getting these games and these wins over here mr chris tanner as well as you know the rest of my team here cam murray dr fulton and patrick stinson uh you guys are doing great uh getting those wins for team endgame and uh, making up for my faults because i've lost two in a row so far so but um we're really happy for team endgame and i can't wait for us to really bring it to team havoc this next week yeah, and I think you took a buy this week, and Crispy took a buy this week. So there is a bunch of buys, buy and buy. Oh yeah, buy and buy. That's <laughs> fine. I mean, I know nobody wants to face Crispy, um, and I definitely wanted to get my my buy in before the uh, the the switch up coming up uh, for mid season. So yeah. So are you saying we officially for Team Endgame will be switching factions? Yes, one hundred percent. We will be switching factions uh, once we get we come up to that uh, week seven, I believe. Yep. Guess who's getting rebels? JJ's gonna give Tanner rebels. That's what's gonna happen. I mean, Tanner's gonna feel very sad that he has to play rebels. <laughs> hey, two of them made top four. You know, they're statistically <laughs> the best faction right now. <laughs> yeah. They Don't mind that the other one came in 69th. No one, no one mentions that. We're good. <laughs> I mean, they have gauntlets, you know, they're like a fire spray, you know. I mean, no, you can no. easily run that. They got they don't four have the most shifts. useless gauntlet. That's the Republic. Exactly. 
No, exactly. No, it's not. The Empire has the most useless gauntlet. Oh, that because it's eight points has been played before. No one in the yes. right mind has played Bo-Katan for the Republic. Uh, Corey has, and I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll maybe we'll get back to that, Alex, and maybe we'll have to have a we'll have to have a Republic off or something. Okay. <laughs> your gauntlet, your gauntlet, and some other faction versus the Republic gauntlet. Maybe we'll put you and Corey on stream. That's what we'll do. You and Corey can do it. All right. Well, to begin with, what I want to do is let's run over Nickel City Season 3 League Week 4 results. Um, I do not know who won the last game between um, Havoc and Mega Milk. I gave it to Havoc since Ephra was on one with two ships behind her and she was stressed, so I don't think she could do a stop maneuver. Um, so I went ahead and gave the win to Havoc, even though it's not really that much difference. The only difference would be uh, whether Havoc is in fifth or sixth place. But in our division, the share division, Punishers are over us with more points scored as well as more games won. Then we are in second place in our division, and then it goes Magic, NJO, Havoc, and Mega Milk. Now, this these are 10-week series, correct, JJ? Uh, it should be tw- 10. 12? Yeah, it should be 10. It should be 10. It should be 10. Okay. So if it's a 10-week series, then there you go. We, we do need a few more weeks of wins to guarantee cut for this. If you look at the Sunny Division V team, Sandy's team has commanded a four and O in weeks. That's pretty good, I think. I think that's pretty decent. Four and O. It's almost like they think they're the Lions, yeah. and then it's going to just come crashing down on them. <laughs> we were four and O in the preseason. We went O and sixteen. Just, just saying. Four and O preseason. O and sixteen regular season. We're good. Can't do that anymore. There's seventeen games. We're good. Order 66 is close behind with their win this week. Fox, CFIS are both tied at two and two. And the Tinder Gods come in at one and three. And I don't know, the Bushmasters are, I, I don't even know how you say their name. So I'm just going to say, call them the Bushmasters. Is that what it is, JJ? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. All right. You should know this. You're the captain. Um, they are 0 and 4 <laughs> uh, this week. So. If you look at overall division points, I put them all together. Essentially, we come in ranked fourth. We are the last of the three and ones, um, but not by much here. And uh, we just need to keep getting those weekly wins. And I think we'll be close to the top there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even though we aren't really blowing our opponents away, what matters is is that we're getting the amount of wins that we need in order to win each week so far. And we have a great, great team um, that's that's been able to um, bring in those games uh, and get those clutch wins when we need them. Absolutely. So it's so far it's looking great for team endgame. And you know what I learned? Don't run scum jank and think you're going to win. Just don't do it. It's not. It's not worth your time. Sometimes My first week out. was kind of scum jank. So, still, not that scum yeah. has that much meta, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they made top eight. You got Hondo. They do have Hondo. 
Actually, um, we had on stream a Hondo and Boba game uh, this week, and it was pretty fun. I liked it. I I don't know if I'm sold on Hondo, but I do like I do like playing Hondo, and I didn't get to yell Hondo because I was the only one on stream. If it would probably be weird if I yelled Hondo every time Hondo <laughs> did something. It's like heroic. Yeah, you're legally obliged to scream heroic every time you do it. I I feel bad for everyone around me because I do that like, you know, five or six. Especially once you start drinking. Once you guys start <laughs> drinking, then it was all all balls to the walls. It's like, all right, I don't give a shit. I scream uh, heroic. Just because I didn't bother to move my beer can and improperly set up my ships doesn't mean I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our roll call uh segment and and we're going to do lists first, I think, cuz I think this this is fun. I like lists. And we didn't we haven't we've done like let's do meta crap all the time. So, I put a call out today and, and we got a couple of lists submitted. Um one of my lists actually comes from Crispy uh basically essentially. Uh but I put a call out, thought it would be fun to do, you know, kind of some little off type metal lists. Um, I do know there will be some points changes, um, especially in CFI or CIS. Um, I'm guessing we're getting it across the board, but definitely in CIS, uh, there will be some points changes. And um, I think that's kind of, it's probably due, but I'm not happy about it. So... Hopefully we get some uh, we get some really cool new ships in CIS that we have not played before. But tonight we have Qual Three has a bombard or a HMP droid gunship. And Alex, why don't you read that sh- that list down? Okay, so it is DGS two eighty six, the only HMP with torp slots which is presumably why this is taken, because they're all five points. Uh, he has Ion Torps, K2B4, Grievous, Dark One Probe Droids, Munitions Failsafe, and the Repulsor uh, Stabilizers. And then he's got uh, three Bombardment Drones with Proxy Mines and independ- Independent Calculations. He has uh, two Separatist Drones with Discord Missiles and Independent Calcs, and then DFS-081 with Discord missiles and independent calcs for kind of a terrifying seven ship list. Yeah, this list is this list is is going to do a little bit different. The K two B four right is there to say, hey, <clears throat> I want to ensure that my droids are forcing you to make poor choices. Um, I ran the Watt version, like a Watt version, uh, for a while. I love Watt. I think Watt. If, if Watt had a few more loadout points, Watt would probably be worth running all the time. Um, but with only seven loadout points, really all you get put is K2B4 and, and Composure and Impervium Plating. Yeah, but. exactly. Yeah. Now, for those who don't know, uh, DGS-286 is the uh, the HMP droid that allows you to transfer a calculate token from one of your friendlies to that particular ship, and it works really, really well with K2B4 um, and General Grievous crew on it. Um, so essentially, you would force your opponent to either let you spend a calculate to add or evade results to your die, or they will take a strain. 
And then you have General Grievous, which allows you to cancel a hit or crit that goes through uh, during the neutralized result step there. Um, so essentially, you can waste a lot of energy trying to burn down this <clears throat> tech droid carrier um, in the HMP, while the rest of the list there gets to throw out a lot of different things at you between proximity mines and discord missiles. Uh, this uh, this list definitely has a lot that you have to contend with. So it's it's really great. Yeah, and they're all I3, so they all move at the same time, do whatever you want. And uh, 286 there has the highest loadout of other HMPs. For yep. the cost of kind of uh, slightly negative, I mean, ability, but you do have like independent calculations. You know, you can still share your calculate, like you get two of them. So, yeah. yeah your bombardment, you're not burning all three bombardment drones down at one turn. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, maybe two if you're lucky, but not three. So I actually, this and TJ can attest to this. I actually have kind of a similar list to this um, that I wanted to put on the table. I really hope that HMP goes down to four points and keeps the loadout. <clears throat> that would make me super happy if I could have an HMP four point twenty loadout so I could keep this. I changed it up instead of K2B4. I went with Kraken. Uh, this is this is what I would call the assault uh, version of that. Um, and this has two holocrons, a iron assembler, all with energy shells, and then I did two Bactoid prototypes with thread tracers and energy shells. Um, basically, you could set up too many formations, and then I put 32C in there another bomber so that that bomber can come in and just say, Hey, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to plasma torp something. I'm going to um, jam something. I'm going to do something crazy. Um, but I actually had built a very similar type list so that I did drop grievous for Kraken though. Um, you could drop probe droids if you want and go back to grievous. Um, I don't know if probe droids are super, great anymore <laughs> well when you have something like double thread tracers in the list you probably don't need the dark one pro droids but uh, you, you know the you other don't. list didn't have the thread tracers so i can i can respect that because i mean free target locks essentially you know yes pretty good. Mm -hmm. and you get to maneuver your dark one pro droids which means you can legally slow play people with a seven ship list by maneuvering them every turn <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like an eight ship list. So, so I thought those were two. That, <laughs> those are two fun lists. I, I have not attempted to put this out because the HMPs usually just die. Um, they just like to die. So it's it, it's really hard to want to do that. You could take the the torpedoes and the probe droids off and and put a shield upgrade. But again, you're only one one green dice. Um, but I do think this would be fun to put on the table. I will tell you that too many yeah. swarms and an HMP in the center or an HMP on the side. You can, you're going to ion torpedo somebody at, you know, range three side slip, do it again. The next turn, you can't spend your lock. So like you always have it on there. Um, and once you ionize something, then you, then everything else is just going to energy shell or go in range one and get you. So, I kind of wonder. Similar. I'm Go sorry. Ahead. I, I was, was just say it's kind of similar with this list too, because you could literally ionize somebody, discord them, or proxy mine them. It's 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 almost the same thing. Yeah. 
I was just wondering if, like, if we took off ion torps and munitions failsafe and put on, like, homing torpedoes, how that would be. Just because that's a really nice anti-ace kind of thing. But I definitely can see where ion torpedoes would make a really good case for ioning people. It's no fun. Yeah. And as long as you aren't on the gas cloud, you could be ionized and I can have my locks on you. So, you know. Yeah, and especially if you can ion somebody onto a Discord missile shot, like I it's totally worth it. It's really good. See, this is why I'm going to bring Scum Dash with gas clouds, so I don't care if you already <laughs> lock me. <laughs> All right, we'll go on to JJ. JJ has a homing torpedo swarm. JJ, right. what is your weird scum list that... I don't think I own enough of these ships to fly. <laughs> so this was kind of a play on a on a, a Republic art set that we saw early on when we saw the Z95s come out before the Siege of Coruscant. Uh, kind of takes that same concept and applies it to scum here. So it's a six-ship scum list here, starting with Lima Kai in the, B, uh, in the Y-Wing with a targeting synchronizer, R3 Astromic, and ion cannons, followed by Sirisu with swarm tactics, cutthroats, and homing torpedoes, Bosk in the Z95, with cutthroat homing torpedoes and contraband cybernetics, Sunny Bounder with homing torpedoes, Leighton Ashera with ho uh, homing torpedoes and cutthroat, and Quentin Joss with cutthroat and homing torpedoes. So the the object of this particular list is to have um, have Lee Mackay enable the target locks if possible uh, with this uh, with this list, being able to grab two different target locks, which allows the rest of the list to have two different options in shooting the homing torpedoes and being able to um, to set up a, a, a lot of shots on a single target there. Sarasu having the swarm tactics allows her to bring up either Sunny Bounder, most likely, uh, or Leighton um, to Initiative 5 to get those homing shots at Initiative 5 and start uh, punishing the opponents and uh, really burn them down. The opponent has the option to either take the damage, which uh, it becomes a more difficult choice, especially with homing torpedoes. Um, you start suffering critical damage or you'll start um, they'll start attacking you with four die attacks and they can potentially do a lot of damage there for you. Um, Cutthroat helps to regen those charges for those munitions and um, and thus keep on enabling the cycle uh, for these ships to go in there. So, yeah. So why did you go with homing torpedoes and not like homing missiles? Just out of curiosity. Well, it um, essentially, if I'm picking my targets, I want the homing missile to hit first so that we can strip shields and then homing torpedoes to uh, guarantee crits if they decide to take the crit damage. Okay. Yeah, Just the range difference. The range difference is the big key there. But if you can range control, then you can hopefully maximize the the potential of those damages. So. Yeah, just the, I feel like with the targeting synchronizer, if I had that locked, you know, just that homing missile, I feel like at that range three would be a bigger threat. But right. I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, crits are terrible. You don't want that, and they're better for salvage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you're able to, you know, get a lucky direct hit to kill somebody faster, then that saves you a set, an additional shot that you need to take. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah. Fair. So, why Lee McKay? 
Lee Mackay's ability, um, if Lee Mackay is able to basically outmaneuver uh, an enemy ship, it gets a free target lock if it's in its forward half arc. Um, so that could uh, potentially set up a target synchronized attack on an enemy if they're facing down the rest of the list there. Um, so it basically opens up the targeting act option for the rest of the list um, if they ignore Lee Mackay, and Lee Mackay is able to get behind the enemy, essentially, or around the enemy. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like you can essentially get a free lock with her. I mean, you can just take the lock action, but, you know, free locks are really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like the uh, R3 targeting synchronizer. That's kind of dirty. Yeah, really great. <laughs> yeah. If only she had one more payload slot so you could put on Bombla Generator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So my rebel list, I came up, kind of came up with a rebel list. Um, that I stole some from JJ and some from Alex, but <laughs> essentially this is corn horns jamming baby here. Right. You know, so we, the difference is, is JJ originally had, um, what did you have in there? Uh, baby wedge, wedge? boy wedge. wedge. Yeah. yeah. Boy wedge. Um, hey, I had that. And I swapped boy wedge out for Wes Jansen, because if I'm going to fly T-70 or T-65s, I'm going to fucking fly West because it annoys the hell <laughs> out of people and it, it makes people angry. So and I like I guess if I'm going to fly something to make people angry, here you go. So the idea here, right, is you have Kraken, you have um, I three I-5s, Cornhorn, West. everybody obviously likes Cornhorn, and then you have Plasma, Proton and Proton Torpedo all coming in typically to one ship um, in a churn. And if you have Wes shoot first, you can jam after you shoot, and then it makes everything else more viable. You can also have Kraken shoot first, give Wes a double modded shot, and then go kind of from there. So, um, And then Garvin is in there, obviously, just to give focuses back for defense. And Keel is what I would call like a pocket ace, though. I don't know how to fly Keel very well, but um, you can ask JJ because he eliminated my Keel pretty quickly the other night. Um, <laughs> how? But, uh, <laughs> Let's just say I I had some really good dice. I basically rolled like 12 natties in a row. So, yeah. Now, Keel is legitimately one of my favorite ships for three points. It would probably be the best one if it wasn't for like Finn. Yeah, yeah. Or a bunch of TIE Fighters. Yeah, and I chose Garvin in this list over Tycho only because I think that in this list with Garvin giving that focus back, it seems pretty pretty good for, for everybody because you could give it to anybody around you, right? So if you're not getting shot, if everybody's focusing on Keo, you can give it to, back to Keo, all, all sorts of crazy different things um, that you can do with it, so... Now let's find Alex's. Alex has a rebel list. I do. Somewhere. There is the Alex's rebel list. Ah, uh, yes. This was a slight variation of the list I played against you. This is uh, Sheathapede Fenral with K2SO and R4. Not surprising on those upgrades. Wes Jansen, my boy. Elusive Proton Torps Munitions Failsafe. Jack Borkins. 
uh, well, Boy Jack, Boy Garvin, and then Keo with Elusive and Conk Missiles. Um, kind of like yours, a little bit more Alpha Strikey. Like you get that I six coordinate from Fen Rao to set up any sort of multiple shots you want. You got the K two S O thing. You can um, like it. You can I don't know roll up with like Jack Parkins right, bump into someone, take that red focus, jettison off the stress. You know, coordinate him with Fen Rao, take the lock to be the range one of that advanced proton torpedo, and then. I don't know, have crack and shoot and have him barrel roll off the target so he's no longer getting shot at range zero. One at whatever you want. Like there's a lot of redundancy kind of built into that list. And worse comes to worse. Jack Parkins, one health, system phase, give him that K2SO droid, have him jettison off the straps, and he dies and he just one straights into people and kills them all in the system phase. And I can always respect something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I do like no. Jack, and I do think that's uh, another one of the pilots I want to put on the table. So. Oh, Jack is so good for, like, four points. As long as you are able to do, like, have him get the extra actions with Fen Ra or give him a, a calculate with K2SO or have Kraken next to him or something. Uh, just really good. Yeah, and Fen Rao also being able to deny mods to you uh, for, for a particular ship. Uh, just really, really strong, especially when you're throwing an event proton torpedoes uh, uh, into it. It um, it could really devastate a ship. Yeah, or, you know, worst comes to worst, you know, Garvin shoots first and passes focus off the jack, right? <laughs> like, it's it's a lot of redundancy. I don't have Kraken in that list in this, in this version of it, but, you know, it's... It, you have a coordinator, right? Like, Penrao's a rear arc. He doesn't have to be in the fight. That's kind of the whole point, but... Nine people mods, super good. Yeah. All right. Now we'll go on to JJ's Falcons that are on fire, <laughs> which is kind of weird seeing Lando in there instead of Ray. So mm -hmm. JJ, why why do we have a four ship resistance list with Lando instead of Ray? Well, as a person who used Ray for such a long time, I actually did this just to have some variety in it here. Um, it did have, um, it, it did, I did have a little trouble on like how I wanted to properly load both of these out here. Um, so I'm not running down here. So starting with Poe Dameron in the YT-1300 with Trick Shot, Heroic, Chewy, Crew, uh, Contraband Cybernetics, and Ray Gunner. Um, that particular loadout was a little funky for me because I didn't have access to um, to Corsella, who I really wanted on Poe for this particular build, but I wanted Lando Pilot as well um, with Corsella uh, for his ability here. So I opted for Chewy because it does provide me the potential um, hit to crit conversion for free uh, with its ability. And if you have two large ships that has a lot of um, that has a lot of hole, uh, Chewie can reliably regenerate those charges there for that conversion. Uh, then Lando Carrigian with uh, Heroic Corsella, Finn Gunner, some Contraband Cybernetics, and Race Millennium Falcon title, uh, being able to coordinate all the, uh, all the ships with his charges uh, really helps put the power for the defensive and offensive potential for all the different ships in there. 
and uh, and just be a, a general nuisance there for it. Um, adding Finn into it uh, was nice, just so I can get the heroic off reliably on Lando, um, and potentially um, use target locks for offense for Lando to get more consistent dice on it. With it, I have Jarek Yeager with Deadeye Shant, Heroic, and 9G8, which is the target lock reroll, and then I put a target computer on Jarek, so that way uh, Lando has those rerolls. And then BB-8 with automatic targeting priority and Han Solo crew to round off the list. Uh, Jarek and BB-8 can be those... Um, it can be those uh, those objective grab pieces while Lando and Poe can go in and mow down whatever they need to. So, so quick question. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's weird seeing Finn not in a Finn pod. <laughs> so yeah, we'll just say uh, that. Um, yeah. But I'm happy because I hate Finn with passion. Yeah. Uh, but why did you choose contraband over FTC? So, I are you talking about Lando or uh, or Poe? Well, either. I, I mean, like. So I, e I did consider. I did consider FTC, um, but after my game with Lou, where he tried to use M9G8 and then forgot that he could um, accidentally turn off his own FTC uh, with the the friendly target lock, um, I kind of felt like that would work against what i will um honestly i could change pose contraband into um into ftc for that and just leave the lock on lando so it is fluid um but generally that's why i kind of avoided uh ftc because of the uh, interaction of m9g8 yeah i would also say it's weird not seeing notorious on poe but you know, yeah a lot of people don't run notorious on poe for some reason I don't get it personally, but in this list, I mean, you have two i5s on an i6, so it's not like stapled on there. I will say, not having engine upgrade on Poe kills me, though. It's I so know, boring. I know. So I, I did consider it um, for this one uh, because I I wanted to have Poe to have access to that white boost. Uh, but then that leaves me with one point, and I can take off heroic and have three points left um, for a crew. And there's not much other than maybe like novice tech slicer. Novice tech. I, I ran novice tech. I mean, I wouldn't have Chewbacca on there. I would just throw that somewhere else. Actually, I'd probably throw it on Lando. Uh, but you know, I don't know. It's hard running Lando without like either Han Solo or C3PO crew too. Because that also activates his ability. And if you have BB-8 at 2, like when you're bringing BB-8 for 2 points, you can see 3 POM across the board and then get additional actions with Lando. It's kind of dirty. Throwing, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Was it Larma Daisy, the one that you can jam while you're still stressed? Crew on, on BB-8, put, put Lando on, uh, or put Han on Lando so you get the evades while also focusing. There's a lot of silly wow. shenanigans you could I, actually I did not consider on, that. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I worked. Uh, I did some double uh, Falcon, BBA, possibly Finn or Yeager kind of uh, shenanigans list. So I, I was just like, there's so many cool possibilities you could do. That's all janky. <laughs> nice. I love it. All right. So my last list is an eight ship swarm. Similar ideology, but Tanner said, why do we not run the kaleidoscopes 
and that's what I'm going to call them. I don't care. Kaleidoscopes. <laughs> uh, they're kaleidoscopes to me. So I have two Bactoid Bombers, both the Thread Chasers and Energy Shells, three kaleidoscopes, all with Energy Shells, Elusive, and Munitions Failsafe. Iron Assembler, same thing. Then we have one Holocron Droid with Energy Shells and Independent Calculates, and then Volandos Standard Loadout, or my opinion, the standard loadout you run with Volan with the Shield Upgrade, Predator, and Dead Man Switch. So essentially, you have a Tri-Fighter that doesn't like to die super often, but gets focuses all the time, unless you roll blanks. So you roll blanks, Volan dies. If not... Volan lives. Um, you could switch Predator to Elusive. Um, I actually, to be honest with you, I really wish he had two talent slots so I could just run Predator Elusive on him. Um, that would be the best build for him, in my opinion. But AMG doesn't like us that much. Uh, <laughs> and so the the idea is, is you run into mini swarms essentially with the Bactoid bombers, um, and they're shoot since everything is I one except for Volan Doss. They, you have two little mini swarms that can run around the board and then one objective getter, essentially, which I would just call um, the iron asshole because he could just sit on a rock. He doesn't have to do anything. He can do whatever he wants. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how that list is built. And the idea is, is you run the bombers in the back so they take a little bit less damage. You could drop independent calculates if you really wanted to. Um and then you would be able to share calculates because the kaleidoscopes can't share calculates at all. Yeah, um, they modify it for organics. Yeah. But they but, can't share focuses when they die. And target locks. So yeah, there you go. And I play so I played almost this version uh against Zach last night or the night before. I don't remember. I played a game with Zach the other day. Um that was pretty fun. Maybe it was Friday. Fuck, I don't remember anymore. I don't know what day it is anymore. But I played this. I played a similar list with Zach, and I did okay. Not great, not horrible. But I haven't flown eight ships in, I don't know, it's been like eight months now, maybe nine months. And he told me I would never put this on the table at locals. But I own all these ships, and there's a high probability I might put this on the table tomorrow. Depends on how lazy I get. (laughs) Then the last list that we have is Alex's Republic list. I was actually uh, testing this out for a little bit because, you know, I'm such a massive fan of Sync Council. I'm just like, what? <laughs> initiative, whatever. What's that initiative? I have Oddball. I have Contra. Other fives were good. Um, so it's Oddball, uh, Tearfront Valley Run. Pro Torps, R4P, Sync Council, Contrail, Dedicated. Have to have it in every single list, let me tell you. R3, Sync Council, Thermal Deaths, Jag. It's the SOC Jag. Already has Sync Council like, built in. It's perfect. Don't need anything else. <laughs> Gavin Sykes. <laughs> the Naboo no one's ever played in their life. With uh, the Crit Droid, R7A7, Pro Torps, and Sync Council. And then Sicko with Dedicated, because you need more in your list. Uh, Agile Gunner and 7th Fleet Gunner. You can kind of swap out 7th Fleet for Barrage Rockets, depending on how aggressive you want to be. But this list is kind of fun. And mostly because Gavin Sykes is kind of funny. 
he um, as long as he went faster than you, he gets to re-roll all of his blanks for free, offense and defense. Um, you're probably you going have... faster if you're in one of those little end ones. So yeah, I mean you're generally, I mean you're a defender, right? You have to go three. The law tells you to to get that evade. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. But the really nice thing is that both him and Jag are threes, right? So if anyone shoots around Jag at all in his side arcs, you get a lock on him with Jag. Jag shoots first, he can pass a lock off to Gavin, and then Gavin can actually shoot. Gavin will never use his lock, besides the fact that you have a lat, because he re-rolls all of his blanks. So then he can continue passing it down the chain. It's actually a lot of really kind of cool things in there. I mean, you also get the like the oddball, hit someone, range zero, do the red focus, oh, that's a red action, I get a target lock at any one of my bullseye. Just generate free locks off that. Contrail's got two locks. It's super fun. It sucks if you're playing aces, but it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, if you play aces, you probably lose. You got some saddies there. As long as you keep Gavin back. Like, as long as you hold people back and then, like, snag a lock off, like, Jag or something, you can kind of, like, build it. It's just kind of a pain. But uh, I like Gavin. He's the only Naboo with a mod slot, which is why you run him. In addition to the inherent, like, synergies with uh, having a lad re-roll your stuff so you don't spend your target lock kind of thing. And then being the same... Uh, him with Jag, is as that's the combo. No one sees that coming. It's super dirty. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, it is pretty dirty, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I think you should put that on the table, Alex. I so. have. It's fun. I racked Ryan's six FO list until he won at the end of the game from dice, <laughs> but I was racking them the whole game. Well, all right. Well, let's move on to our roll call segment. So here, what I thought we would do is we're going to finish up our pilot rankings for list archetypes real quick. I think that that was something we promised everybody like months ago. So let's just finish it up before we get into the end discussion of the night. But uh, just to kind of do a quick recap, what our goal was is, right, we, we wanted to do is define the building blocks for the archetype, talk about, you know, the philosophy for creating these archetypes. We wanted to also dissect the list for strengths and weaknesses, review scenario interactions, and then break down specific archetype lists, how they can be versatile, if they're versatile, if they're not versatile. And in a second, we'll go over the actual archetypes that we created. But to begin with, what we have is our archetype ranking. And essentially we have D through S tier. D tier is fun to play has a unique reason to play, but it's not really that competitive. C tier kind of excels at one of the types of scenarios, has at least one competitive list in the field, um, but it's probably not super awesomely competitive. B tier is like what we call in the middle, in good hands, somebody can really make it work. Probably not super awesome all over the place, but it is a 50-50 squad. A tier means it's going to crush the majority of people. The lists have extremely high potential with high caliber players. Um, but is not 
like an auto type win list. And then S tier is pretty much what I would consider an auto type win list for the most part. Most anybody could pick it up. Um, Greg would call this a fire spray. Um, and uh, essentially, if you're a really good player, you can you could take this these type of lists and just dominate the field with them. Is that fair, guys? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So now let's look at. Here is our archetypes. We have a salad, an alpha. We have an ace, a beef style, control style, swarm style, and dual class list. We already ranked our alpha strike lists, our ace lists, and our swarm lists. But we have three other ones plus what I would consider a dual class list, which we probably aren't going to rank. I don't know if we're going to really rank those. Um, those are going to be a little bit harder to rank, I think. Uh, yeah. But we'll get into that in a second. Let's start off with our salad list here. And JJ, briefly give us what salad lists are. So salad lists typically range between uh, four to six ships um, in a list, and they usually contain um, at minimum at least, I would say, three to four different chassis in that one list there for it. For it. Um, they all have different types of dials on it, typically, um, along with it, different types of chassis abilities. Um, so you, you get a, a bit of a hodgepodge of a mix of different um of different ch chassis to help form your list to um, kind of deal with many different um, kind of address as many different scenarios that you could potentially encounter on the field uh, with your list, depending on the chassis they have on there. All right. Yeah. Let's go ahead and let's rank them D through S and Alex, I don't know. Do you want to start this one off, Alex? Uh, I can attempt. <laughs> Uh, it's just so hard because, like, a salad list is so wide that it's yeah. like I can't even begin to try to define it because you can, you know, it, it kind of depends on whatever ships you bring. Like, if you have a salad list that has an A wing, they're inherently going to be a lot better at certain objectives than mm -hmm. a salad list that's just as valid, but it has, you know, Dutch instead of like Tycho, right? <laughs> so I don't. I don't even know, <laughs> right? Like it's just kind of tailored to whatever you like flying. I don't know. Like the, um, like what would you consider like that six FO list that one world, right? Is that a solid list? Is that uh, a swarmy? No. I, I would actually consider that a swarm mainly because yeah. the majority of the list was actually the Thai FO fighters. Um, so because of that, um, the the only ship difference in there was the the Thai BA interceptor. That was the only the odd man. And that the SF, list. he had backdraft in there too. But oh yeah, and the yeah, SF. The, yeah, we had four ties. I get what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Vader and the boys is that a solid list? Right, because that's Vader. Yeah, you got typically, three, yeah, three Tie fighters and a and a Reaper. So uh, that's also three types mm, of ships. I don't know. I consider that more of a beef list. Uh, or, or an alpha strike type list to me that's more of an alpha yeah. strike or, a, or it's more of an alpha strike type list and depending on how you which which one you put in there would depend on whether it's a beef it could fil filter into a beef as well like a true salad list to me i mean you could say Django, dirge grievous and 404 that that yes. that is probably a, yes. a highly variable 
salad list. And if you want, I could go first. And it's only because I just fly that list. I've been flying that yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just... Or like the, the Siege of Coruscant list, too, that you see, right? That you get like two Oryx, a B-Wing, uh, a Torrent. Like, that's a salad list. Okay. Consider. Yeah, I would consider that a salad. But like that Republic, like defensive list flies inherently significantly different than something like Dirge yeah. is Bomb or Droid, though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, someone else go first. This is all right. I'll, I'll take it first. I'll, yeah, I'll take go it ahead. first. So to me, when, when we look at a salad list, because of how we're defining the actual, like how we define the salad is you have a different piece that works for each of the other ones, each of the other pieces. So typically you're not getting an extreme, you know, like list that's just going to come in and blow you apart. You're not going to get a list that's going to come in and just drop you bombs. Um, you know, again, we can use the, um, we can use the Django Grievous Dirge uh, type list if you would like to begin with. And then we kind of branch out a little bit from there. Um, okay. So that one, for assault, I give that one um, typically. I'll give that one an A. It would help if I could click on my screen <laughs> and not type assault. I would give that. Oh, I'm not Alex either. All right. <laughs> I feel like Alex today. Uh, so I would give that right. that list that list an A. And I say that because the ability for it to the way it performs right is because everything flies so differently, but. In, a, in, a, in an assault, you just have to be near objective. So you're going to be able to be modded. All those ships typically have a different mechanic, and they have the ability to be super aggressive. If we were to consider that Republic Squad in assault, I would also say that's extremely good in assault because you could break up into two different parties. You don't have to be super connected if you don't want to, um, and you're able to cover a minimum two to three objectives, depending on how you put them down. Um, Enchants... I would say enchants. This is where the one goes a little bit different than the other one, right? Um, enchants. I give this a B, and I say that because you have to protect Django. Because if you don't protect Django, you lose so many points. It just is highly, highly crazy how many points you lose um, in that Republic. And you know what? Actually, JJ, I, I think that Republic list would not be a salad. I would actually consider that a beef list. Now that we talk about it, I kind of feel of the that born that's for this ability. Yeah, because of the born for this ability. If you took the born for this ability away, you wouldn't have that list be beefy at all, and then it would probably okay. be a little bit closer to a salad. Um, okay. And I would say the same thing. In chance that list, that list has the ability to tank the shots, but you could get half points on every one of those ships, minus let's say contrail. <laughs> usually fairly easily contrails like kind of the one the one the contrails the one ship i hate i hate contrail sometimes well, what a contrail ever do contrail <laughs> three. Die. not die <laughs> um, don't roll focus results you'll be fine for salvage <laughs> i would say the same thing both those lists really are b tier in in terms of salvage you're gonna have one crate carrier unless your opponent is focused like solely on Django or like one of the ships you can literally you only can only really pick up the one crate at all um for scramble i would give that i give a salad list easily an a tier because you have enough ships 
that can do damage enough ships that usually have one or two higher initiatives and you have the ability to um, take a scramble action or two. And I'll tell you what, you know what Django likes to do? He likes to scramble that that stupid objective after you scrambled it. So you have no mods and now I got a force point where I can just murder you. So that's my take on okay. on on those. JJ? Okay. So with assault, I actually give it a little bit of a lower, um, a, a just slightly lower rating for it. So I, I want to, I'm kind of in between a B and an A for assault. Um, it mainly because it really depends on the on what the salad is composed of, right? There's some salads that you're able to get a medium-sized base ship in there, and other salads that are just small base ships, right? And when it comes to assaults, if you start spreading out your salad list, um, just depending on the composition of it, you're going to lose those one-on-one um, like contentions against those medium bases. So you hurt a little bit on there. On the plus side, you're able to um, reliably get plenty of mods to, uh, to assist you either on offense or defense with your salad list, especially if you have a good support ship in that mix uh, to help out your salad, and you can do fairly well in assault there. Um, so that's, that's kind of why I'm between there. But just to kind of cover the generality of Saddleless across the different factions, I'm going to go safer with a B uh, rating for Assault for that. Now, in Chance Engagement, um, I, I, I think you're able to, to leverage the the different chassis to your advantage and kind of, you know, have your your dedicated ships that your attackers to go in first get in the shots and then you have your second wave of other ships that come in behind it to finish off opponents as they come if you can layer your your attack strategically that way um and typically since you do have about between four to six ships depending on your salad you're able to survive the gamut pretty pretty well um and assuming that you can have a, a good combinations of roles in there you're able to um survive the onslaught for chance engagement usually uh, mainly by just maintaining your points even if you just give up half um so you can do fairly well in there um i think in chance it um it does get a B as well. Um, it doesn't really dominate chance engagement, but it definitely can be very competitive. Um, so I'll definitely give it a B for chance engagement. Salvage. Um, salvage, I think salad lists do very well in there. Um, if you have, uh, typically in salad lists, you'll have ships that don't need to reposition or can't reposition so that they become your your crate carriers normally while the rest of your ships act as those crate hunters that can go out and uh and contest uh those crates or at least remove them from your opposing carriers while you can protect the crate carriers in your list there um since they don't have to reposition um they generally just have the advantage of just being able to grab those and uh and just continue on there uh the list that i ran in empire for a while, uh, which was two X1s of Reaper and a Typhon, or sorry, two Typhon fighters did very well able to my Typhon fighters grab those crates as well as my Reaper and let my X1s go in um, and do as much damage as they could while being supported by the rest of the list. Um, so I think then Salvage, they, 
as long as you have those ships that can be those dedicated ones, they can do very, very well in salvage. So I think a, I'm actually going to give them an A for this because they do have the the flexibility of having those dedicated salvage carriers in that list there. For scramble, um, it is going to be very dependent on the initiative of your of the ships they have in your in your list, as well as the amount of ships they have in there. Um, if you're able to set it up correctly, you can block your opponent from contesting um, particular scenarios and essentially swarm a particular area with your list to discourage your opponent from going and claiming those and basically chasing them away. Um, and you can you always usually have a spare ship that can go and claim an objective even if it's at a lower initiative and just have the threats of the higher initiatives to deter anybody from attempting to claim those objectives at a higher initiative um it gets even better when you have ships that have the force that have those passive mods that can still claim it on there uh for a scramble i would definitely give it an a you have that flexibility of punishing those who go after the objectives or grabbing the objectives and defending it fairly fairly well all right alex you're up Oh boy. Okay. Or do you want to pass? You you could pass, I guess, if you want. It, well, it's tough, right? So, like, if you have a solid list, I think it's just going to be inherently better than any other list archetype there is because it's not really an archetype, right? You're probably bringing whatever is the best at whatever. And then you can kind of tailor it to however playstyle you like. If you like Alpha Strikes, you could bring in. You know, the more alpha strikey ships in your salad, if you don't, you know, you like the chase, you can run away, you bring in other ships. <sighs> so that being said, um, I'd probably give them an A for assault, right? Um, I'm assuming for the sad list, you're going off some sort of inherent efficiency and you're taking like the best things at what they do. Like um, Nathan Ide's list, right? He had like CLT Anakin and Contrail and like Kickback and Jagged Wolf. Like you get a little bit beefy with those, but also they're very flexible. You got a couple arcs, you got a, a Fee Wing, you got, you know, CLT Anakin, which you don't see. I kind of like stuff like that. I mean, my list that I brought to Worlds is a salad list. It's, you know, Falcon Poe, two pods, and a T70. Uh, and then anyway, so um, on chance encounter, I'd probably give it a B. Uh, you are bringing the best of the best, and generally there are higher gloss and points. So on salvage, I think a B because you're probably going to bring ships that are good at salvage, but you're going to also bring a bunch of ships that aren't good at salvage. And then you have to like try to rationalize if you're gonna like go after generating crits for this, or if you're not, if you're just gonna ignore the salvage entirely, like the three scum ship list, you know, kind of stuff like that. Um, and for scramble, I'd also give it a B. Uh, again, you'd have to like tailor your list to either having passive mods like uh, Ray Gunner, like having the force. You know, an Aaron reroll, some sort of defensive rerolls to be able to give up your action like that if you're like let's say grievous, right? So uh, it really all kind of depends on what you're bringing. All right, well let's move on to beefless, and just a quick reminder, beefless 
have staying power, typically have larger medium bases in them that have lots of health. Um, you get extra mods um, or con complex intricate abilities. The ships obviously could stay around. High health, spreading out the damage. Sometimes they can be lower initiative, but similar initiatives typically to play with. Um, so Assault, I give a beef list an S tier, which I think is the first S tier that we've given. Um, but I, I feel beef lists do very well at Assault because um, there's so much health and you could just collect objective points and you don't you don't you could do your weird shenanigans all over the place um, for that. Uh, chance engagement, I will give it a C though. <laughs> um, half points are very easy to get on the ships, and because they're beefier, they're not going to be quite as maneuverable. Um, for that, uh, salvage, I would give it a B. Um, they can pick up crates, they want to pick up crates to some extent, but not quite so much. Um, now some of our beef lists have the two agilities in them, so um. Sadly, saying two agility is better than the one agility and can typically carry that crate longer. Guess we lost JJ. Um, and Scramble, I would also give it probably a B as well. Um, they have the ability to not have to worry about it, but if you do focus fire down one, you're screwed. And a lot of times in a beef list, you're not having a lot of high initiatives. Um, unless you throw an ace in there with it. So, man, do I feel slightly different than you do on this rankings? All right. All right. <laughs> let's go, baby. Let's go. Um, I would say A for assault, just because they have the staying power. You're not going to alpha them off the assault point. And if you're having a beefy list, generally it's like a medium base, you know, a large base that, that helps. But I actually like, I would say like an A tier for chance. And like the whole point of bringing a beef list is that it's tough to kill completely, right? Yes, you do bleed half points, but you're not going to bleed the whole points. Um, if we take like Boy Mauler, for example, a little bit of kind of a weird example for beef, but like he has four hull. You know, you half health him, he gives up one point. <laughs> And they have to kill him for the other two. It's like that's the whole like process on like that six ship FO or um, the SOC kind of Republic list, right? It's just you have to grind them down. And when you get the half points, you only get so many. That's kind of my theory on the chance. I think they excel at that. Like if I can give them like an A plus, I would give them an A plus. I don't think it would be quite S tier for chance, but I think that's by far their best one. Okay. Uh, salvage. I'd probably give them a C just generally because they're they can take hits and that's what they do, but they tend to have lower agility, so you can probably hit a crit through on salvage. And for scramble, I'd probably give them a B. Uh, if they, they have a lot of high health, they're generally tankier, right? So you would they can probably give other action for a round to to take that uh scramble objective there. All right, is JJ back? I don't know if JJ's back yeah. or not. He looks like he is. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so beefless here. So this one's a little, 
it's a little complex. So I do agree with you guys in terms of how they perform in assault, right? Typically, you do have those large base ships or medium base ships that are self-sustaining, uh, typically with force users, or they just have a lot of efficiency with getting extra tokens on them that generally helps them uh, have modifications for offense and defense. Um, so because of that, they can easily contest uh, multiple objectives <laughs> at once while being able to have that offensive threat um, to deter opponents from going to go claim them there. Your opponent has to dedicate more resources to try to just contest a single point, let alone trying to spread out and grab more more objectives than your, your ships can. Um, so for that, I think that they are definitely an A tier uh, for, for assault. Um, I do agree with Alex Ant. Uh, beef ships can, uh, although they can get um, half pointed generally, especially with a contrary attack. I think that if you have a very good build that allows you to um, to maintain your defensiveness, it can be extremely hard to kill a ship that can easily uh, reposition uh, to arc dodge and to also have shots when it can leave namely like fire sprays you know boba fett having that rear arc or you take a look at the um the decimators that can have extra reinforce and just have so much hole um so that it takes such a great concentration effort to take them down um it is really hard to take down those ships and we've seen plenty of games where you know they just stay in the mix within that range two bubble and they can still survive um to the end of the game and it becomes a time a race against the clock to try to take out those ships there so i think that they can uh, definitely do well in chance salvage is where they do very very poorly uh typically you have low ship counts and if you're relying on repositions, and namely the ships that I'm thinking about is like the uh, the fire sprays, uh, the falcons, um, those very big ships that rely on repositioning in order to minimize the amount of shots going back, um, having a crate attached to that particular ship is almost like a death sentence to those ships because they typically don't want to be locked down um, or be predictable. So it is much more difficult for those ships to maintain their defensiveness while uh, keeping those crates. And typically, if they also are very large, like the Decimators or the Falcons, um, they can easily lose those crates to critical uh, critical hits. So they do very, very poorly. Um, I'm actually going to give them... I'm going to give those lists a D uh, because they, they uh, unless they're actively hunting um, to take out crate, uh, crate carriers, um, which generally doesn't favor them, it's hard for them to keep up with the points race and salvage for that. Now, when it comes to scramble, um, I think they do very decently. Um, again, having those passive mods to allow them to still... Um, uh, be good on offense or on defense um, allows them to spend their actions to um, to basically target those crates and have a big enough body to block opponents from grabbing the crates out from in front of them, or rather uh, scramble points. Um, so I think I think they do very decently well. So I think that they would be about a B for um, for scramble for for this um, this archetype. All right. Let's move on to control. Control lists essentially want to force your opponent to make subpar moves. Uh, they want to deny space. They're usually dropping bombs. I think we forgot when we did this jams. They're also a big jamming list. 
Um, they reduce uh, the ship's ability to perform the desired functions. Um, they like to take away ship's agency, uh, that type of a thing. Um, mine is going to be easy for this one. This is just, to me, this is B tier across the board. Like, to me, they control us, don't excel or fail at anything else. I think in a B tier world, if you put it in a really good player's hand, they will do very, very well with it. Um, and I guess I'm going to be really gutsy here. And I'm going to say Crispy's list that he flew for Worlds, I consider it to be a control slash um, salad type list. And and the reason I say that is, is because in, in its agency, right, it can do very well at Swarm Tactic Scene. So they have <coughs> a couple of high initiatives to take away your initiative wants. It has the ability to jam you all over the board. It has the ability to ionize you, and once Wrath gets behind you, can double tap you. You aren't going to have a very good day. Um, so, to me, control lists are B tier across the board. Um, I don't feel they excel super well at assault because they can't. They have to be by certain objectives, and once you control an opponent to be by those objectives, you got to murder them. So, if you don't have murder capabilities, you're out of luck. Um, chance is the same way. Chance is a little bit harder because depending on the, the ships will depend on how much health they have and whether they, they do well C control us probably are looking to half point most of the ships or kill one or two of the ships and then, uh, collect the center objective point. Um, salvage is kind of the same thing. Uh, they can hold a crate, but they're probably not all holding crates. And the same thing with scramble because, you can have a high initiative, but you don't always have a high initiative inside of a control list. Typically, you don't have an Anakin running around with bombs on him unless you're flying a Y-Wing Anakin. You know, that type of a thing. So, um, I, I guess give him a B across the board. So, who's next? I'll go. Um, I don't necessarily disagree because, like, control lists kind of are going to fly the same way regardless of the objective. But I think I would give them uh, a C for chance just because they are not typically built on damaging and destroying ships. They're built on uh, like kind of debuffing them so they can play the objectives a little bit more. But in that way, I would give them an A for salvage because, again, their whole point is controlling the other person's list. And if you know where people are going for salvage or if you can pop off uh, and have regular crit generation and uh, stuff like that for salvage, I think that's far more useful. The other two I'd probably would have to be, honestly. Uh, scramble right. might be a C. It's like a B minus kind of thing just because it really depends on if your ships can actually uh, afford to lose their actions for that round. JJ? But, you know, if you ionize people, you're probably free, right? So Yeah, you're definitely free. <laughs> yeah, so I it's a I, I think out of most of these archetypes, I think that the control list tends to suffer quite a bit here. Um, for assaults, I do give them a B. Um, they do have the ability to, especially in, in a good um and a good control list that can really leverage ionization um, as well as like giving out strain, um, being able to limit the effect 
cleanliness of your opponent while they're going into um, into trying to uh, contest an objective point is really strong. However, um, sometimes those lists tend to lack the offensive output to eliminate those ships completely, so they can lose the point race easy in that point. Um, or if they're unable to catch their opponents because the other opponent's a little more agile with double repositions, then they kind of lose their effectiveness there. Um, but more often than not, they, they can be effective in the right hand, so I do give them a B for that. Um, enchant engagement, uh, I, I do have to agree with Alex, it is C tier. Um, yeah, you do have to worry about just a single objective in the center um, and try to control your opponents there. But a good um, a list that can put out damage is going to win the damage race and probably break the control, um, the, the most critical control piece there. And if they're high initiative, they can essentially eliminate the threat of the control by initiative killing a particular ship and working their way down that way. Um, and I think that's what they falter. So definitely a C uh, for chance engagement there. Um, salvage, I, I definitely agree with Alex. Give them an A. Um, if you have a good mix of ions, um, a, a mag pulse warhead to generate those crits, they will stop you from controlling those crits. Um, it is just really hard to um, try to art, art dodge those ships, um, especially if you have a crate. Um, you're not going to be boosting a barrel rolling everywhere, so the the player who's running a control list is able to control where you're going to go or at least make a good determination on where that ship is going to go with the crate and be able to track them down and make them lose that crate very easily. Um, they are very good for that particular scenario because typically they don't need to um, reposition. Um, and if they have a good support piece that can provide them target locks to enable their munitions um, or get tokens elsewhere, they're going to do very, very well in salvage. Now for scramble, that's a little tough. Um, I, I think I'm going to actually go with a C um, because typically unless they have a very good support ship, uh, it's going to be tough for them to can uh to use their actions to contest the objective and still have the ability to use their control pieces you know either through target locks to use munitions um or to have tokens to effectively use their like ion cannons uh, to help control the ships from going in there a very good player can definitely get it off but more likely than not there's not that many lists that is very good at that and also being able to control those objectives by consistently um, scrambling them to maintain control of them so i think that's the that's the achilles heel of that list it's just the action economy and for that i give them a c all right I think that does it. We are not going to do the dual class. I, I, I don't feel at this current time, I don't feel it's a smart move because you could be dual classing for everything. Um, yeah. And, and I think it would take a mix of them. Maybe if JJ feels adventures enough, he'll take this and put it in a new, um, a new sheet and maybe take a mix of all of them and <clears throat> tell us like all the different ranges. Maybe we'll do that. What is a dual class? Just so basically, so, we just yeah, go ahead. I say we, we defined it as basically a list that fits more than one archetype. Okay, that's 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 really about as much as we kind of dived into it. It's again, like th that crispy list to me is kind of a little bit of both, right? It's 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 a dual list, 
a dual class list and when it needs to be it can transit transition between the two two different types of lists typically you would see like salads and controls um or salads and beef type lists yeah, i yeah. think I, I get it i i see what it is so it'd be um, like you know alpha beef right like we had that yeah. for a while yeah mm-hmm. okay yes so I don't think we're gonna rank it though tonight. I don't think that's a, a smart move. Yeah, I don't even know how to differentiate that from like a salad list. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it would take us a little bit longer than I care to spend doing it. Respectable. So. Well, all right. For the last segment I that I really wanted to cover, and um I want to, to preface this this segment as we close the show out. And I want to preface this segment and say this is not a us trying to tear AMG or FFG down. That, that That is not what my goal is tonight. My goal is, is to honestly examine kind of some of the changes that AMG put in place and see if they accomplished some of their goals that they set out to do. Um, some of this is going to be a little harder to do because AMG has only done, what, two interviews? Two public interviews since one with Fly Better and one with gold squadron um since they've taken over uh rumor has it nick has a a interview scheduled and um if he ever wants to tap on any of our shoulders any one of us would happily join him for that it's not a rumor that is confirmed he will be doing it <laughs> okay so it's confirmed now okay he said um, that on my podcast <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things where um they, they they've been somewhat quiet on their front and i don't know if that's a tactic they chose to do or not or if they're just that restricted by disney that they have a harder time the eccentric on what they want to talk about but what i wanted to do tonight is i wanted to kind of talk a little bit about where we were in 2.0 and where we are now in 2.5 and and really the bigger focus is not going to be let's pick apart every single little thing that they've done one of the biggest complaints about 2.0 right was Points, you know, well, you had this, you know, points fortressing, right? And that had to do with bidding, had to do with you getting an initiative um, as well, and then just being able to kind of run away. And I'm not talking about, you know, the stupid um, Star Viper list that could just sit in a corner. I, I, that's obviously something they wanted to address um, that they address very well. Um, and I don't think we have a question in that. But one of the big things, right, is that they... They, they they felt aces were very like a very strong list right and they could do a lot of different things you could take a huge bid you could always go second and always have like perfect information and they wanted to say is hey this is a little bit more of a game of chance and let's introduce some new elements such as scenarios to the 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 bid here and they also wanted to do a little bit different with saying okay hey how do we make it easier for any players to get into? What I want to do is talk through, did, did they accomplish some of those goals? Right. And we'll go through kind of what we know. And then we could talk about what we don't know or what we speculate to know. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about where everything kind of has fallen. And is there been some unnecessary fallout or some unnecessary changes that might have affected the game that didn't do what they exactly wanted them to do now does that make sense guys is that if yeah. i kind of explained it in, in a way that 
that makes sense. Okay. So to kind of begin, essentially is, like I said, FFG had a bidding system. <laughs> we all remember that. Mm -hmm. You could take a hundred and what was the lowest? I think 178 points was the lowest points I'd ever seen. Is that the lowest you've all ever seen, or was there lower? No, than that? I think there's one ridiculous list that's like 148 points, and it was like literally just was ben it like and super, Boba. Oh, I thought one was like supernatural Anakin, supernatural Obi Wan. That was like a oh yeah point bid too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was some ridiculous low amount of of initiative. Those are the <laughs> extreme variants. Yeah, you can fit like two additional ships in there, basically. Yeah, when I did. Uh, Cherta Grievous Sun Fox. I had an eight point pit, and I think that's the lowest, like, feasibly normally people would go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I took more than a 10 point bid ever, ever in my, my list. I don't think I ever did that. Maybe, maybe it's just because I'm a CIS player. <laughs> so. You didn't actually need to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think there was a ton of bidding I personally did, but also that was when I was newer to the game. But that was one of the things AMG actually had openly stated they felt was an issue. They also felt the specific ability for a player to always go first or second was an issue. Um, they fixed that with <laughs> they fixed it by giving bidding points to your opponent. And then they fixed the other piece of it by saying you're going to roll every bloody churn, which we all thought was going to be hell until we all had to actually do it. And it's really not that big of a deal. Um anymore ever it's literally what three more seconds a turn maybe yeah. 10 if that if you even yeah. need to roll it yeah and 80 yeah half the time we don't even need to roll them the only time like i roll because i have a higher initiatives and it feels like we're seeing a lot of high initiatives right now um so th those are two of the things that they did they also implemented scenarios right um that had uh they that that created it so you can't really points fortress you can't hide you have to be by objectives or your opponent can score points and you know so you can't just fly away into the corner so jj is there anything else that amg had attempted to do that they were looking to try to to change um that we we missed no, uh, not really. I mean, as far as uh, AMG came in when they introduced uh, to the 2.5 rules and they, um, they basically gave the deficit scoring, um, the only other part of it was, uh, and, and it's really not related to bidding, but basically taking out the the half health rules or the regenerate the regen uh, rule for not being able to recover your lost points. Um, that was some of the biggest changes that we got in 2.5 once they transitioned over, uh, which did have a, a fairly big impact in the game, especially that um, now that we have three scenarios with um, with no no uh, half points anymore and chance is the only place where you can do that. Um, kind of took the, the sting away from that particular uh, change into the game there as well. Um, now, it, I think that one of the things that we do have to discuss, or at least mention in this discussion, is the the initial interview that they gave when they were introducing um, the, the new rule system for 2.5 and their philosophy behind um, how they envisioned the game coming up like the squad building for the game would be so essentially when the game first came out one of the the 
visions that they had for the game was that they wanted to uh, really empower the named pilots to um, to make a bigger impact in the game by giving them um, all everybody their own individual loadout value separate from their points cost, um, and that way each ship is able to equip, um, you know, have all the flashy tech, um, and because they are those named pilots or the well-renowned pilots in their particular factions, and thus they should have all that equipment versus a, you know, no-name generic pilot fresh out of the academy that shouldn't have um very little or no loadout whatsoever um and that that was the design philosophy that they want to go to, through going forward um for for 2.5 so with that being said they also released a pack that had a lot of high initiatives in it um Definitely some fives, not as many sixes, I don't think, uh, but a lot of five initiative and four initiatives. So mm -hmm. I guess we're going to kick this off. We're going to let Alex go first. Do you feel it's okay that we see this many high initiatives? Do you feel that these changes have created the high initiative you need? Or are people just taking the high initiatives because they're fun to play? Um, well, X-Wing has always had this, like, high initiative thing ever since, like, early 1.0. Like, you had, uh, you know, that's why, like, old 1.0 Whisper would take veteran instincts, right, to bump her up to pass everyone else's, and like, Nim, and you... It's always been about... It's just the inherent ability of moving last, shooting first, always super good. Um, and, you know, occasionally they would give, like, lower initiative pilots much better, like, abilities to kind of compensate. So, I, I don't know, I just want to say that it's, like, it's always been sort of a high initiative game. And now, like, high initiative is, is prevalent, like, right? Like, you have Vader, you have... Well, it used to be Wedge. You don't have them too much anymore. But you got, you got Django, right? You got Poe and, and, you know, an X-Wing or a Falcon or whatever. Um, like it's just it's just inherently good. And, like, if you make them cheap enough and have, like, a lot of loadout, which they've been doing, right? Like, a customizable Vader, although he's not played too much because they have Boy Vader out there, Right. But, like, he has 21 points worth of loadout. That's a lot for a ship that's just going to move, you know, move last. Like, Falcon Poe is 25 points worth of loadout. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, Wedge, what is was like 18 or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So you, you just have, it, it kind of scales up that way, like, which I understand because you want, you know, you want your Django's out there. You want, you know, Vader being there. Like Luke, it's a five, but he's got like an ass load of loadout, <laughs> right? He's got 22. Like you do whatever he wants. Like I, I understand where they're coming from from that. And, you know, it's not just super foreign to have like. Like that's one of your acquired skills in X-Wing is when you know if you're a better player is if you can 
outmaneuver the people who move after you. Um, and it's just the way they did it with road rules. I like it a lot. I think it's a great stop just because man, if you lose that, like that bid by one point, it's just, you, you have borderline no hope, but now if you bring in a five or a six, you, you know, there's all, they're going to be other ships overlapping, you know, roughly 50% of the time you move after them. It's, it's a great feeling. Like, I, I think they have done a pretty good job at reeling it in. Uh, maybe some of these higher initiative ships should probably either get a reduction in loadout, which is probably what I would lean towards, or a bump <laughs> up in points. Um, you know, as much as I love Falcon Poe, why does he have 25 points worth of loadout? <laughs> yeah, why like, does he Lando sure. have, at 8 have 20? Right. Like, <laughs> who thought that was a good know, idea? Like Django, sure, I get him. He's got a pretty solid ability. He's at I six and is also a fire spray. You know why? Why the hell is he? Is he at uh, you know twenty seven <laughs> points worth of loadout? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think they can. They've done a very good job at this so far. Like it's not like an auto loss every time you go against other aces when you have aces. And, you know, I, I think they did a really good job on that. But they might, they might want to just curtail a little bit of that loadout. <laughs> just a little bit, you know. Does so, Vader need more than Pattern Analyzer and, you know, Afterburners? And FCS, you know, just make it 17 points, not 21. <laughs> so, to me, I think it's, it's the... I think the answer is twofold, right? So when you compare to what the metal was like before the 2.5 change to what it is now, uh, I believe that we actually see a lot less high initiative um, ships now than what used to be in 2.0. Now here's, here's the main, um, the main reason why I think we're starting to see a lot more initiative four and initiative five pilots because um, especially the newer ones, right? You know, the Battle of Gavin pack, the Siege of Coruscant pack introduced these really good, um, and the Hot Shots and Aces pack as well, introduced some really good, affordable Initiative 5 pilots um, for all the factions that are becoming auto-includes because you can get more ships into your list there. Um, you know, despite the fact we... Um, because we're able to fit more ships that are at uh, at those initiatives there, they tend to be favored more because of that, right? Their availability for um, being able to include it into your list and get good quality pilots out of it there. Um, you know, if you were to increase the cost of those particular pilots that came out, then all of a sudden you're forcing that player to make a choice on whether or not, or like really evaluate if their ability and their current loadout is worth the same cost as a um, as a, a similar ship at the same point cost, right? Like, for instance, if we were to increase the value of Battle of Yavin Vader to the customizable Vader, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see 
that Vader as much. We would probably see a half, if not 75% reduction, as people would probably prefer the multiple action Vader that can contest an objective, grab a target lock and focus, or barrel roll and focus if you needed to, and still have hate equipped, still have afterburners equipped, or pattern analyzer, whatever you want. That Vader is worth a lot more, but you're paying seven points for it, which means that now you have to make a sacrifice somewhere else in your list where you can't fit one of your initiative five uh ships on that and maybe settle with like a generic black squadron tie for two points because that's where you're going to make that sacrifice there um so i think that just the cost of it is what's making this big drive for what the meta is now for these high initiative ships but when you take a look at other factions and other lists that are doing very well i'm looking namely at the siege of coruscant pack for um for the republic um you see uh the wolf and jag those are the the two staples right now for the republic that had the born for this ability they're initiative three and initiative four and we're seeing them because again they're very cost effective ships that are cheap they carry a lot of hull and their abilities are phenomenal and they can fit into all different archetypes um for the republic you can either run it with a, a very good high initiative aces and anakin and obi-wan or you can fill it out more with more lower initiative ships like click and contrail and still have you know room for a lot of other ships and that's the decision that the player has to make because those ships can cover or react to a lot more scenarios and a lot other um a lot other uh, objectives that you have to complete in the game there um so, so I, I think it's more that the cost or the availability of those pilots is what's driving to us to what we're seeing right now for the high initiative so so because to me it feels like what we're seeing is is high initiatives pulling pushing out low initiatives unless they're like on the high tier end of the spectrum so if, for example finn you take finn in an i2 because Finn has an amazing ability with his loadout. If Finn couldn't take Perceptive Copilot, we probably wouldn't be seeing people take as many Finns. It, it, it just you you still would, but it's not at three points. There is other option like Eager, right? But if I have to choose between taking like earlier, you had Finn, had no Finn in your list because I told you to make it for fun. Like, but in a serious list, you aren't taking Eager over Finn, right? But that's because yeah. Finn with his loadout is really amazing once you take that ability and the loadout away to some extent are you going to take finn i'm not taking finn over yeager i'm taking yeager because yeager is an i5 <clears throat> you know you know why separate is dirge is good he's an i5 he is a bloody i5 so mm -hmm. you have at minimum a 50 percent chance um of being able to bullseye somebody and 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 at best you're probably looking at a 70 percent chance to get that bullseye off if you're a good player, not me, but other people, you're probably able to get that off. But I will tell you, contraband uh, behind somebody with crack shot and a focus is pretty pretty totes. I will I will admit that. Um, but, but also, sorry, like also you get things like in the first order, right? You have like Scorch and DT. Their I four is just their ability is really good and they're pretty cheap. So I feel like it's more of a an efficiency kind of thing and then being i5 and i6 is just like a super bonus because you don't have to be at the good at the game to so, reposition i6 so so yes and no i i think yes and no to that i think i agree with you a little bit because it's the same thing with grievous you know like 
you're taking out maneuver on Grievous, right? Like, and he's an I four, but I would consider an I four on that low scale of initiative too, right? And I think you're you're right. You do take the DTs and you take the scorches of the world because their abilities outweigh some of the disadvantages of having a high initiative. But a lot of times you're taking Malaris too. So if you have to choose between those three, are you going to not take Malaris over one of those three? Honestly, I'd rather take the other two over okay. Malaris. Well, so, that's just me. Just... So, so according to statistics, Alex, you take Malaris over either of those two. No, according to statistics, people just put Malaris in every list. But, but, like... but that's what the meta is showing us, is that, mm. that the I-5 plus that ability gives Malaris, gives her the ability to be taken over some of those other ships. And, and I'll pick on, I'm going to, and again, I, I hate using Crispy all the time, but I'm going to pick on Crispy a little bit because Crispy had one I-3 slot. He did not take DT or Scorch. He took Malaris. And he explains why he did that because of that initiative plus that ability. Well, it worked really well in the particular list he is building. It's not like, you know, he, had, he also brought Whirlwind at I-3. Granted, he swarmed Axon up to six, but like it's still an I three, and like yeah, but, Gideon has is a four. His initiative doesn't really matter because he's just the Zyshot will into and anything anyways. But like <laughs> he's he's jamming, he's giving out calculates, and yeah, I mean he's very useful, it. but like the initiative is not what makes that ship good. No, exactly. But my theory is, and 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 I I was looking through some of the statistics and statistically showing. We are seeing more I4s than I3s right now, period, all hands down. And, it, and if we look at, if we consider I4 through I6 high initiative, we are definitely seeing the majority of the field is that type of list. And we are seeing AMG put out more I5-ish type um, ships than before. So really kind of what it, what I wanted to boil down to is by changing some of the road rules, right. And moving that way, did we create a, a meta where we see more higher initiatives, pushing out lower initiatives than we did before? Um, honestly, I don't think anything has changed. <laughs> There's always been a lot of high initiative. Also, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider four like a high initiative. It's gotta be like five or six. Okay. Just, just in general, but like I, I feel like it's it's always been like this high initiative kind of thing. Only the people who brought lower initiatives are either bringing it because they can fit seven of them in a list, or they happen to have like a really really good ability, like 1.0 bigs, or you had to shoot him, and that's literally the only reason why you brought bigs. So, and and again, that so so okay, so we'll stick with the five and sixes, right? And and you're so you're saying is we've always seen that. And it's not really much different now, per se. So then the question becomes is when AMG worked towards fixing some of these other things, did they either not consider this an issue or did the fixes they put in place, which is what my theory was, is that they put fixes in place to try to get us to be to try to get us to play more variably, <laughs> right? Like to, to play more fun lists. There you go. And stop playing some of these, you know, like, I don't know. Somebody's I think just what the things. 
I think what they did is that they give people who were playing the high initiatives a chance to actually play against other high initiatives with okay. the road rules. That's that's what it is. It, it, in all honesty, I think is they they got the well the bid doesn't matter kind of thing. Everything is like fifty fifty to actually make it so the people who were getting screwed initially at high initiative have a chance to actually play a semi-competitive game. You just, just like hit your hand. Yeah, hit your hand. My, nail, my nail got <laughs> caught on the mic. Ow. Hey, JJ had too much vodka. Oh, JJ, how long have you been playing? I don't know actually how long you've been playing, but it seems like you've been playing for a long time, right? Yes, I've actually uh, started the uh, playing X-Wing right when it just came out, day one. Wow. Um, it, I had a very bad time on my first game. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, it discouraged me, but it wasn't until after the first coverage of GSP's Worlds that I decided to go into competitive play. So, um, but I mean, you know, just in general, right? You know, for the conversation of like, are we seeing, you know, a, a, a lot of more higher initiative pilots on it? I think that, you know, number one, for the changes that that AMG was trying to implement in order to balance the game more for um, for seeing the play, it definitely forced a lot of people at the beginning who were choosing to fly certain archetypes to to force to learn how to play a game from both sides of the fence right because there are people who are really good at building 200 point list and just reacting to ace play right by setting up kill boxes for certain aces that in a way that they couldn't escape because they always anticipated going second and now we go into a world where you might end up going second and you can't really set up a kill box because that ship gets to move first and get out of that box before it's formed and preventing you from uh, getting that box set up correctly, right? And vice versa, right? You get ace players who always relied on going second to now being forced to going first with the road roll and now they have to learn how to try to um, anticipate what their opponent is going to do ahead of time and react that way. So we're seeing now more and more of the people who have the experience of being on both sides of the fence with road rolls and reacting to it and you know obviously people who prefer that that level of um or that type of play of always having the higher initiatives as much as possible in their list to try to max out as much as they can for it and they'll they'll still do fairly decently well but it comes at the cost of um maybe not having as many ships as possible, especially now when you start factoring in scenarios and that forces them to evolve their gameplay um, in the game. So having higher initiatives doesn't necessarily always mean that you're going to do very well in matches um, because sometimes you sacrifice your points for multiple ships just to have just those high initiative pieces in your list. So um, I, I just think that we're starting to get to a place where people are have evolved their their way that they're playing the game and now are starting to use those tools to maximize the 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 amount that they can with those high initiative pilots that are cheap enough that, that you can fit multiple of them in the list yeah because my feeling is that we just see we're seeing higher initiatives and we're seeing lots more people run them comparatively well, it's very easy because like if you're the only i6 like on the field you you really shouldn't be getting shot at 
Yeah. Like if you know what you're doing, right? Like it's it's much easier. But that's actually one of the reasons um, I was actually debating between going with Kaz or Zayversio for my worlds list was I'm like, well, Kaz has a higher initiative. He's probably not going to get Alpha Strike off the board. It's better against the field because it's high initiative. But I also hate fireballs, so I'm going to go with the D70. You know? <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Yeah, so it's too. like... <laughs> I, I definitely factored that in into the list that I was building, and I built around that, right? Like, I have a six who you cannot catch on the board. Good luck. I have a six, I have a five, and I brought Lulo. And because a lot of people were saying, like, you know, between Lulo and Kaz, and I'm like, I want Lulo because I want the I5 shot. I mean, Lulo's great, too, because you just five straight reverse. But, like, it's, it's, it's mostly the I5. Like, I can take Greer and have this, a better action efficiency, right? I can move and then rotate for free, but that's not an I-5. Yeah. I'd rather take the Lulo, and I, you know, I think that's a, a definite factor to consider when you're playing. Well, and that was and that was kind of my theory. Is, and again, this is not like a knock on AMG. To me, it just feels like they have opened that door up for more people to take higher initiatives that we didn't have before. And, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's because more people have the availability with road to not have to worry about bidding or just playing three ace style ships, though Ollie likes to still play his ace ship. So yeah, I mean, kudos Cody to him, too. you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, like in, in, in the bigger thing to me becomes is, is this creating an issue? And this is what we're going to end with here in the next couple of minutes is, is it okay? Is is should we be working towards creating a more diverse meta with not having to rely on the higher initiatives? And some of me wonders personally if we change the pointing structure again, which they probably will never do. But it feels if we did change that pointing structure to create more ability to either half point or the ability to have um the ability to have up to 40 points where we could point cost some of these other ships better. Would we be able to change some of that meta and make it so that like more I threes and I twos and stuff like that are viable? Yeah, honestly, I think you just, you just bring down a little bit of loadout on the higher initiative ships and they'd be fine. Like, they're always going to be part of the game. And you don't... It's just they don't need that. Like, you will bring, like, customizable Vader, right? Like, it's really good. If you didn't have Boy Vader, like, withstanding, right? If you have customizable Vader, you're going to bring him because he's really good. You need 21 points worth of loadout for him to be good. You need, like, 17 points of loadout. So if you just, like, trim that down a little bit... I think that will help with the the, the uh, efficiency of the higher initiatives because I think they're very efficient right now and it's they're the balance a little bit out of whack but not like crazy. And JJ, what's your your ending thoughts? Ultimately, the lack of granularity is the one thing that's really um, just just stopping the game from from evolving further in the, or sorry, that's stopping the meta for the game in evolving further in it. 
Um, you know, there, there's just certain ships that feel too expensive to be brought in, even though they have fantastic abilities. And there are ships that are too cheap that are really good. And that in order to balance the game properly, where you're not seeing a constant amount of the same pilots over and over and over in the same um, in the same list, is to have that little bit of granularity where they're it's just in that point where you'll consider it, it you know it might be too expensive for certain lists but it might be just the right price for others and you you're forced to make choices between what's available at those point costs and that will cause the the meta to change as people come up with different combination of pilots that maybe we don't see as often and will allow the the greater um the greater amount of variety for the game for all the factions. It will never get as bad as 1.0, like oh god no, Golly. shenanigans. Because that at that point at that game, people were bringing nines, which was the highest pilot skill at the time, yeah. bringing it up to eleven with veteran instincts, just so they could shoot an like you know a PS five straight <laughs> yeah like yeah, five, five, with, like, five straight. Golly, I hated those crap. <laughs> yeah, those, those shenanigans like that. But also in the same thing, like in Empire in 1.0, you had Riad, right? Who was like a five, which was so low. No one ever like compared. You no, know, no one ever wanted to take it. But like Riad did really, really well. <laughs> like uh, it just kind of depends if your ability is good enough to. I guess overtake the handicap that is being a lower initiative, and they just need to, to work on that a little bit, just adjust the loadout points just slightly. I think it'll be pretty good. like it'll be like a solid state of the game. Like yeah, a so huge build- part of X Wing is being able to handle aces without being an ace yourself. Yeah, build your own Vader in 2.0 was 86 points. If you could get all the stuff that you couldn't actually get all the stuff, but if you could get all the stuff that you get on build your own Vader now, it was 86 points of your list. So well, 2.0 now is so wildly different than 2.5. Like I, I, I'm missing like whole ships on like a Republic list that I built just because of how much <laughs> upgrades and stuff that I was able to bring. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, essentially that was 43% of your list, and now it is 35%. Yeah, roughly so, over a third. Yeah. yeah, I mean. It's definitely gotten way cheaper than it should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there there is a point to be made that maybe some sh- like ships in general are a little bit too cheap. But if it's hovering around four to five ships, I think that's just normal for the game at this point. Like, we don't need to go back to three and four ship lists being the prominent one. Can I get my two ship list again? No. Three ship minimum. Damn it. <laughs> two, two ship list, that's fine, because you're forking over, like, four points, right? Well, not yes and no, yeah. No, it depends on who you run. Give me a two-point option, and a little what, different. Django Zam and just fork over three points. I think I'm fine with that, honestly. <laughs> Depends if they up Django to nine points, it'll be giving up two points. You just put Iron Assembler in there. but And it's like a two-ship list, but 
<clears throat> anyway, all right. Well, that can concludes the discussion I wanted to have. Um, thank you all for joining us tonight. We will be back next week at 9 p.m. Eastern to talk about more planning or more Star Wars X-Wing on planning phase syndicate. Go, With that being go. said, thank you. Have a good night, and we will see you next week.